0: Hey Sarah, what's federalism?
1: Good question. The word gets thrown around a lot, and it can be kind of confusing. To understand federalism, you have to know a bit about the structure of government in the United States. Once upon a time, in 1787, a group of dudes sat down and wrote the Constitution. That's the SparkNote version. We're really oversimplifying here. The Constitution is a biggie. The Constitution created a national government, also known as the federal government. Under the Constitution, executive power is given to the president, legislative power is given to Congress, which has two chambers, the House of Representatives and the Senate, and judicial power is given to a Supreme Court and other federal courts created by Congress. Listen to our other segment this week about the three branches of government to learn more about these powers and what each branch does. Another important function of the Constitution is the division of power between the national government and state governments.
0: This division of authority is called federalism. Like the federal government, state governments have three branches. There's a state Supreme Court, a state legislature with two chambers, except for Nebraska's legislature, which only has one chamber, and
1: the governor, who's the executive of the state. Basically, the Constitution says that the federal government is strong, stronger than the states. Legislation passed by Congress is the supreme law of the land, meaning that states must abide by it. This is established by the Supremacy Clause of the Constitution, Article 6, Paragraph 2, for those of you reading along with your copy of the Constitution at home. It mandates that the federal constitution and federal laws have more authority than state constitutions and state laws. Anyone know of any good examples of federal laws trumping state laws?
2: Oh yeah, I know one. On June 26, 2015, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the U.S. Constitution guarantees the right for same-sex couples to marry in all 50 states. Associate Justice Anthony Kennedy stated in the majority opinion, quote, the court, in this decision, holds same-sex couples may exercise the fundamental right to marry in all states, end quote. When the Supreme Court ruled this, it became the law of the land, nullifying state legislation and state constitutional provisions that prohibit gay marriage.
1: Exactly. This means that 13 states were in violation of the Supreme Court decision. Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Ohio, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Texas could no longer prohibit same-sex couples from getting married. This has happened with many other issues throughout history.
0: Wow. Federalism is so cool but kind of complicated. So this means there's a system of overlapping legislation at different levels of government that create the laws that citizens must abide by, and these laws differ from place to place?
1: Yes, so if you're going to school in Tacoma, Washington, there are laws passed by the Tacoma City Council, laws imposed by the state of Washington, and federal laws that govern you. And these laws might be very different from the laws in the state where you're from, let's say Oklahoma.
0: Okay, so why are these laws from state to state so different? Why is recreational marijuana legal in states like Washington, Oregon, California, and Colorado, but illegal
1: in Kentucky and Idaho? First, a little more history to better understand this. The first ten amendments to the Constitution are known as the Bill of Rights. They were passed four years after the Constitution was ratified. The tenth amendment to the Bill of Rights states that all power not granted to the federal government by the Constitution is reserved to the states. This means that if there isn't federal legislation on something, states have the power to pass legislation on it. This explains the wide range of topics that states make laws about. States have such differing stances
0: on policy areas, in part because of the partisan control of the state, or which party controls the legislature and holds the office of the governor. The Democratic and Republican parties have very different stances on immigration, abortion, and social welfare programs. It makes sense, then, that states controlled by different parties pass very different legislation on these and other topics. Political scientists have proposed many other explanations for policy variation across states, including regional differences in the characteristics of states' voting
1: population. So basically, state government is the middle child of politics. It's often forgot about, but still unique and important. This is because there is so much spending power at the state level. The federal government employs 3 million people and has a $600 billion budget. State and local governments across the country collectively employ 14 million people and have a combined budget of $2.5 trillion. That's a lot of people doing a lot of things and not getting a lot of attention for it. Additionally, there tends to be less polarization than at the national level, so bills often pass with bipartisan support and stuff can get done. States' rights and federalism have long been thought of as bastions of conservatism.
0: Reagan was big into states' rights, and conservatives are generally opposed to a big government in favor of smaller regional governments. But there's been a switch. Republicans are now working to advance policy agendas through the federal government as they control Congress and the presidency, and Democrats are now working through states to resist these
1: efforts. Democratic states and localities can resist federal government programs. An example of this is the many sanctuary cities and counties that have laws, ordinances, regulations, and policies that obstruct immigration enforcement and shield undocumented immigrants from ICE. In resisting the Trump administration's immigration policy, these states and cities risk losing federal law enforcement funds, but there isn't much else that the federal government can do to get states and cities to comply. Trump can win some battles against blue states and cities, but he doesn't have enough money to win the war. Anyone know another story of state resistance to federal government?
2: Hey, it's me again. Back in the 1980s, the U.S. government passed a law that raised the drinking age to 21 in all states. However, some states refused to comply immediately. One of those was Louisiana, who refused for almost two years to raise their drinking age to 21 from 18. In 1987, the Louisiana government found a way to subvert the federal government by raising the law of drinking to the age of 21. However, they left a loophole open so that anyone above the age of 18 could still buy and possess alcohol. In the end, they were forced to raise the age to 21 when the federal government refused to give them interstate funds until they complied with the law.
0: Even though it's often overlooked, state government has a lot of power to shape policy and affect the lives of residents in the state. Now that you understand the importance of federalism, don't forget to register to vote and to vote in state elections.